Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On this episode, I'm continuing to talk about my chosen one word, which is bittersweet, the one word for this year, 2023. Today is January 2nd, 2023, so the second day of the new year. And I didn't record yesterday because um, and it relates directly to my one word because I was extremely busy uh, for a good part of the day sorting through memories. Uh, first, sorting through memories uh, from my mother-in-law who passed away uh, in 2006 and who I still miss very, very much. She was an amazing woman, a self-made woman, as far as I'm concerned, and many others. She was uh, an orphan at an early age and grew up in relatives' homes. She had my, uh, of course, my husband, Molson, who uh, is the second of four boys. And when I came to Kuwait in 1984, I lived with her for the first five and a half years before we built our house. And I was so blessed to be a part of her life and to have her in my life. She didn't have any daughters. So I used to say I adopted her because my mother was so far away and she adopted me because she didn't have any daughters. She didn't speak English, and so I learned the language, and I was able to have some amazing conversations with her before she, she passed away, like I said, in 2006. But uh, the reason why I was going through memories yesterday was because uh, we had rediscovered the trunk that had the last bit of her belongings in it that my, my husband had put together after she, after she died. And I knew it was somewhere, but we had, long story, but we had torn down our house, demolished uh, our house and built a new house and had put a bunch of things in storage, basically, because we moved into a, a small apartment while, for the two and a half years while we were building. And I guess it got lost, the tr her trunk got lost amongst the things. And so a lot of the things have been cleared out since then. Uh, we moved into the house six years ago, which seems like a really long time, but the storage place is in, in an area that I, I don't usually go to. We don't usually go to, my husband and I. Uh, it had a lot of other stuff in there. In any case, we rediscovered it and uh, Yesterday morning, uh, we opened it up and I started going through it. Of course, um, nothing really amazing if or worth money, but the memories were just um, flooding, especially uh, the fact that even though they were in this trunk, her, some of her clothing, some of the things that that she used uh, every day, um, 
some bits and pieces of papers and receipts. And I mean, I'm sure at the time my husband was just, you know, in her room taking the things because he didn't really have the mood or the time to look through them. And so he wanted to preserve them until he had a chance, clear mind to be able to go through them again. So um, interestingly enough, even though it was in the trunk for all that time, um, so 16 years, it preserved her, it's, it sounds weird to say her smell, but, but you know, um, that sort of aura when you walked into her house or into her room, um, when you gave her a hug, kissed her on both cheeks as they do in Kuwait. Um, and so it, it remained in her, in her, in the bits of clothes and material and things like that because she used to sew. And, um, and it was, it was really, uh, really touching, really bittersweet. Um, being able to, after all this time, uh, feel like she was next to me. Um, and to think that, uh, we had so many wonderful memories and things that we did together while I was here. I mean, while, she, while she was here, while she was still alive and, um, and really brings home this whole idea of the bittersweet. Uh, at the moment I held that material up to my face um, and, and had her scent again. It was sweet in that she was there for just a brief moment and I could hold her. And the bitter, which was, she really wasn't here. And as soon as I opened my eyes, I, you know, the reality sort of came back that I'll, I'll never see her again, but she's present here all the time. So that's a little bit about my, my mother-in-law. She was, like I said, an amazing woman and, uh, and we all still miss her very, very much. When I go to visit my relatives, uh, because I spent a lot of time with her and when they would come and visit at the various uh, holidays, they always saw me there. Even when we moved out of the house, I would go back there because, I, you know, my close family wasn't here. And um, and so, uh, you know, they always uh, reminisce. We reminisce about my mother-in-law and me and just lots of really cool memories. The other thing that I did yesterday, so it wasn't enough that I went through this trunk, but I had arranged for uh, a couple of people to help bring down some of the, um, <clears throat> some of my daughter's items that uh, are in storage in our house. And we have what they call in Arabic, sendera. It's kind of a storage area built above um, the bathroom, uh, which sounds like a strange place, but because the bathroom has a lower ceiling, there's room. And so we put um, ceramic tile and it's very clean although it got really dusty, but, but very clean, no bugs or anything like that. And uh, all of her things are there. My three children, my two sons and my daughter, uh, all have things saved here somewhere on the different floors of the house. So anyway, yesterday was the time to go through her things because I know that I saved some 
baby items. Uh, my daughter had twins in September. Uh, she asked also for some books in Arabic, and I thought maybe they were up there. And just to see if the things that she had left, because she graduated in 2008 from high school, and she left, and except for short visits, she really hasn't been back here. I mean, she, she, she never came back here to live. She's in the United States. So I also wanted to see if we needed to continue keeping all those things because, you know, in 2008 at age 18 is different from when, you know, you're 32. And I wanted to see, if, I mean, of course, if she wanted to keep everything that's there, but knowing that she wasn't probably going to come back and live here in Kuwait and her life now is, is in the States, did she want me to bring anything with me um, when I go back there next week? So I had the adventure of going through all of these things. It isn't a huge amount of stuff, uh, but, you know, toys that she had her American Girl doll and all of the furniture and things that I would buy for her different birthdays and occasions that we would have shipped all the way here to, to, to Kuwait. Um, it was one of the first dolls actually, uh, Samantha, I think her name is. Uh, and she, she loved that doll. And so she's well-preserved and I checked on her things so obviously I'm not going to bring that stuff now because the babies are too small to, to play with them. Uh, her beanie babies, a whole carton of beanie babies, which we had weeded through and kind of gotten rid of many of them, given them away and so forth. And um, so I asked her about her beanie babies. She collected beanie babies. You know, it was the, all the rage at the time. And we thought they'd be worth lots of money one day and then all sort of fell apart and people lost interest in them. They still sell them, but anyway, she has some, some of them that, you know, have memories associated with them. And so we're keeping those. Her suggestion was that when the kids and her and her husband come back here for visits, that we would have toys for them to play with. Um, and then they could choose if they wanted those beanie babies, right? So, uh, I'm taking you through some of these memories because I, I, I want you to see um, how sweet it is. And it was yesterday on the first of the year with my word being bittersweet to, um, to actually be going through her stuff um, and remembering all the terrific times that I had spent with her uh, while she was growing up before she moved away. Those memories are all really bittersweet because they keep me going when, when I miss her a lot, which I do. Sorry. <laughs> but there again is the bittersweet sort of intersection of being so happy to have had that time with her and also to realize that that time is gone. <laughs> and 
that that's the reason we raise children is for them to go on to have happy, healthy, successful lives and find their opportunities wherever that is in the world. So I'm not sad that she's not here. That was a journey that I had to take, though, because I was very sad that that my kids had all moved away. And um, although my middle child, my son, uh, Mishari, came back for about 10 or 11 years to work, he's now gone again. And so uh, my husband and I have a completely empty nest. But anyway, aside from that, let me get back to my memories. So I continued to go through her things. Uh, what else was really significant? Oh, her books. And, um, of course I wanted to see what she wanted and what she didn't want. And I told her that if there was no rush in deciding that there's plenty of room in the storage. I didn't want her to feel like all of a sudden I decided to get rid of all of her stuff. Um, so I told her, you know, I'm sending you pictures whenever you feel like just telling me you want them, you don't want them. Otherwise, I'll put them back up in storage and keep them for you. Uh, so I took pictures, photos of all of her books. Um, it was basically one carton, uh, all in really, really good condition, which is nice. And she listed the books that she wanted to keep. And the rest, I'm looking for some for a home for some of them. Oh, for the rest, anyway, because they're in really, really good condition. I'll see. Maybe I can give them to a school library or teenagers somewhere who want them. Um, and so that was kind of cool looking at all the books that she read. And I didn't realize, you know, I've always thought she wasn't much of a reader, but she really did. When she got into something, uh, she really, she really got into it. And uh, so, um, so she had several books that she that she really, really liked. It's series usually. Uh, books that she really liked. And so she wanted to keep those. So that's what I'm doing. Um, what else was there? Oh, there were ice skates from her days when she was learning how to ice skate. We spent a lot of time. I think that was probably about five years, four, five, six years that she learned ice skating, something that was kind of unusual at the time in Kuwait in the 1990s and uh, figure skating, and she entered a number of competitions. We even went to Dubai for a competition. And, uh, oh, and of course the playbills from the plays that she had been in because she got involved in acting and local things that she did uh, with the training that she did. Uh, there is a, is a British woman who has been in Kuwait for a very long time and and she does uh, an amazing job with uh, youth and adults and training them and acting and speaking. And uh, so, you know, those memories flooded back because I spent a lot of time driving my daughter back and forth to rehearsals, to her training. Uh, it was wonderful because she was a captive audience in the car. And I also spent a lot of time waiting for her when the rehearsals didn't end on time. But I never really got frustrated because I was so excited to be able to let her be involved with these things, uh, something that she loved and continued to do when she was in university, which is how she met her husband, Tony. 
And, um, and yeah, again, more, more memories. Uh, mem remembering the times I, you know, sat in the audience and watched her uh, perform on stage, uh, which was really, really cool. And so there were a lot of other things in there, little uh, sort of tchotchkes and things like that. But I did find the baby clothes. I had only kept certain things. Um, and I'm going to bring them to her when I, when I go next week. Um, they're sort of old fashioned. So I don't know that, uh, that she'll really want to, you know, or that the, the babies will, you know, like rattles and things like that and toys, but, uh, and a little bit of her clothes. She also asked me to bring some of the traditional clothes that the Quidys wear during the Eid holidays, during the holidays after Ramadan and uh, the pilgrimage, the hedge. And so that another reason why I wanted to go through her things was to see if I had any of that from, from her time. And I do have a little bit of that. So I'm going to wash it all uh, and uh, take it with me. So uh, as you can see, <clears throat> this January 1st, yesterday was really a big opening or launch into feeling bittersweet. I, uh, I enjoy sharing these stories with you. The next episode will be about graduations, specifically my children's high school graduations and how those are bittersweet. I apologize in advance for the sound from that video. I had thought about retaping it, but uh, it came out so well, except for the sound. I forgot to put my microphone right next to me. And so it sounds a little hollow, but I think uh, I think you'll forgive me for that and enjoy that episode too. So I'm going to publish this episode while it's uh, topical and and happening right now. And then um, maybe toward the end of the week or next week, I'll, I'll publish the next one. Uh, I'll also later on be talking about uh, my retirement and the bittersweetness of that. And uh, throughout the year, I'll probably talk to you about different things related to my one word. For just one thing, for those of you who don't have a one word or don't consider it helpful to have a one word, don't make New Year's re resolutions. Uh, I'm seeing uh, lots of comments about that. You know, I feel it's been helpful to me. Uh, I enjoy coming up with my one word, focusing on it here and there, revisiting it after the year is done. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to or it fits you. It also doesn't mean that, you know, you have to come up with a New Year's resolution, something that you have to do this year. Um, you be you, right? It's important to be true to yourself. And if that doesn't work for you, that's fine. But I hope you enjoy listening to me share my one word again, which is bittersweet. I hope you'll tune in for the rest of the episodes. You'll look for previous episodes and also that you'll subscribe to Journeys to Belonging. Uh, I've interviewed some amazing educators and plan on starting the interviews again this summer. 
If you happen to be an educator or even not an educator, someone who has a story about belonging, whether it's personal or about someone you know or a group that you're involved in, uh, please let me know. Reach out to me on social media. I'm at Eileen Winokur and also EileenWinokur.com. Uh, you can sign up on my website or message me from my website. Uh, and again, thanks for listening. And um, I hope your start to the new year has been amazing. Bye for now.